and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, space slime. That's right, space slime, or what some people call blobs from outer space. Now, I know this might sound like a bad movie from the 50s, but hear me out. This really presents us with some interesting stuff. I saw this first on Quest TV on YouTube, and I linked that at the account UFO Warning. You can get there at, at Warning Sub UFO. And there's a link there to the little short, I don't know, seven, eight minute documentary about a couple of these cases that happened here in the U.S. One in, I believe, 1950, and the other one in 1979. And this is a situation where we have this, um, for lack of a better word, slime that that uh, is found usually after a meteor shower sometimes, sometimes not. But it's it's almost like a a um, a type of uh, photoluminescent slime that occurs, and there's really no explanation for where it comes from. Now you can watch the video, and there's some pretty good reenactments there. But I also found some writings about this. Both these cases, uh, the first one in Philadelphia and the second in Texas, were well documented, and there's been other cases since then. Now the first article I found here was on anomalyinfo.com and it starts off it says 1950 September 26 the purple mass it says the officers were not really sure how to explain the situation to the reporters without sounding ridiculous to be honest the reporters probably weren't making it any easier it was around 10 p.m. on September 26 1950 in the city of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, patrolman Jack Collins and Joseph Keenan were driving on Vare Boulevard near 26th Street when they saw something resembling a parachute at treetop level drifting down into a field near 26th Street. They estimated the parachute looked to be about six feet across. The officers called in backup Sergeant Joseph Cook and his driver, patrolman James Casper, and once they arrived, all four men went to investigate the parachute. It goes on, it says, it wasn't a parachute. The odd object was draped across the weeds and was so light that it wasn't bending the plants. The officer's flashlights made the strange mass give off a sort of misty, purplish glow that made it look as if the object contained crystals. So here we have this, what appears to be this flimsy almost for lack of a better word, blob that's just laying there floating across the top of the weeds. And when the police officers shine their flashlights on it, that's when it has a reaction and turns this purplish color, this crystalline color. It says, the officers' flashlights made the strange mass give off a sort of misty purplish glow that made it look as if the object contained crystals. Collins tried to pick the thing up, but the part of the object he touched just dissolved leaving a slightly sticky and orderless residue on his hand. As the four officers watched over the next 25 minutes or so, the whole object just slowly evaporated away. Sergeant Cook dutifully notified the FBI of the strange matter, and the next day reporters were told the story. And what they thought of it can, thought of it can probably be inferred from what they titled the article, Puff, It's Gone, Flying Saucer Just Dissolves. Now it says, Beware the Bearings. The story appeared in the Philadelphia Inquir Inquiry on September 27th, 
and apparently was released through one of the news services as well, as somewhat trimmed down versions appeared in newspapers across the United States on the same day. It seems that the further the story spread, the more simple the retellings were. Most papers skipped the description of the object's shape as a parachute, going, <clears throat> going instead with faces like mysterious object. Most also left out all the information about the color of the object, but still stressed it was quite light in weight. By the next day, the story was already being forgotten by everyone because the newspapers were full of headlines from the Korean War, which had broken out in June of the... <clears throat> of that year. So the whole incident of the strange purple object in the Philadelphia was only a minor distraction from the much larger national story at the time. Still, it was such a strange little occurrence. Now, this happened in Philadelphia in 1950, and then if we go back here and we take a look at some of the other things that have happened, we have a case that also happened in uh, in Texas, and in that situation, in that case, um, the woman comes out and she sees, um, she finds three of these, um, the, the, three of these uh, blob-like substances on the front yard, and it turns out that NASA had examined these thinking that they, and, and made the announcement that yes, they could be, uh, they, could, they could in fact be extraterrestrial, but then they come back the next day and say, well, we think these things are from a, uh, a battery plant down the street that it happened to attach itself to this pickup truck, or to the semi-truck, and then just uh, ended up in the front yard. Now that case there, it's another one of these cases where it's almost like with Roswell. They come out with, hey, we've recovered a UFO. But then after a day or two, when they think about it, the cover story comes out. And that one happened in Frisco, Texas, 1979. Now we have another case here that was found um, that, talks, that talks about this a little bit. And this is, it says how brainless slime, oh, excuse me, that's, this, the second one here is called Star Jelly. This is the one they're talking about. And this one says, um, on November, it has a, a list of a few of them. This one has 1846, a luminous object estimated at 4 feet in diameter at Lowville, New York, leaving behind a heap of foul-smelling luminous jelly that disappeared quickly. And then talks about 1950. And then we have August. This is the one 1979. August 11th, 1979, Mrs. Sybil Christian of Frisco, Texas, reported the discovery of several purple blobs of goo on her front yard following a pursued meteor shower. A follow-up investigation by reporters and an assistant of the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History discovered a battery reprocessing plant outside of town with caustic soda which was used to clean impurities from the lead in the batteries, resulting in a purplish compound as a byproduct. The report was greeted with some skepticism, however, as the compounds at the reprocessing plant were solid, whereas the blobs on Mrs. Christian's lawn were gelatinous. Others, however, have pointed out that Mrs. Christensen had tried to clean them off her lawn with a garden hose. Now, that was the one in Texas in 1979, and these, these uh, blobs just 
fell out of the sky that she thought of. That she found them on her floor the day after the Perseid meteor shower had been observed. Here we go. In December 1983, grayish-white gelatin fell on North Reading, Massachusetts. Thomas Grinley reported finding it on his own lawn, finding it on his lawn, on the streets, the sidewalks, and dripping from gas station pumps. Another one goes on several dates in 1994. Gelatinous rain fell on Oakville, Washington. The story was featured in a 1995 episode of Unsolved Mysteries, a National Geographic video called Mystery Goo Rain Advances a Theory, well, Conspiracy Theory, according to them, using an interview with microbiologist Mike McDowell, who says he tested the substance and speculated that it was a matrix containing pseudonym... Pseudonymous fluorescence and Entrobacter clochio that could cause illness to those who touched it in the video. McDowell claims that the sample went missing, and when asked, and when he asked the management what happened to it, he was told, "Do not ask." Hmm. 1997, a similar substance fell in Everett, Washington area, and then it says, on the evening of November 3, 1996, a meteor was reported flashing across the sky of Kempton, Australia just outside of Hobart. The next morning, white translucent slime was reportedly discovered on the lawns and sidewalks of the town. Now, there's several more cases that are listed here in this article, and I found one other one here that I that I linked at uh, UFO Warning Twitter account. And this one came from the UK, I believe, I believe in Scotland. It says, the real-life blob is mysterious translucent jelly found in Cumbrian fells from outer space. It says the Lake District fells have been invaded by the blob, a translucent jelly, which is said in folklore to be from outer space. Within the past week, the mysterious translucent jelly was materialized in and around the falls of Patterdale, Cumbria. While some of the mysterious goo down to meteor while some put the mysterious goo down to meteor showers, others say the strange substance appears during rutting season. A similar incident inspired the film The Blob, when in 1950, four policemen in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, came across a huge disc of quivering jelly, which measured six feet in diameter. And it says that, but unlike the hit 1958 horror film starring Steve, starring Steve McQueen, these blobs don't terrorize the community, and there have been no reports of any other supernatural behavior. The, steps, the substance is known as star jelly, and some say is left over from meteor showers, but is sporadic in appearance and around the world has, con, continu, has continually dumbfounded scientists. The last reported sighting came in 2009, when it was discovered in the hills of Scotland. It had been suggested that the blob, which can be tracked back to the 14th century, could be remains of frogs, toads, and worms. The tests have been inconclusive. It goes on and says, Rob Shepard, a holiday cottage owner at Patterdale, was was one of the first to encounter the slime which has invaded the area. Mr. Shepard, 43, said, I first found out about the jelly from friends on Monday, and the next day I went out onto the fells looking for it as I was intrigued. They said they had looked it up, and it could be star jelly caused by a meteor shower. I know of at least five other people have come across in the past week, but as far as I know, it has never been seen in these parts before. Within 20 minutes of the walk, I came across the jelly myself. There were about nine or ten blobs of it floating on top of some puddles. They were the size of my foot. 
I didn't touch the jelly. It was pretty horrible weather, but in the fell, so I just took some snaps and made my way down. But I will definitely be going up again and trying to, and <clears throat> might try to put some in a container, although from everything I have read, this stuff evaporates pretty quickly. Quote, I am, I am not surely sure why this jelly has materialized, but at first I thought it would have something to do with the rutting season. There are lots of stags in Scotland where the jelly has occurred before, but I would like to think meteor showers are more involved. Yeah, I'm not really sure how um, the deer population would be able to produce would be able to produce this type of jelly. Now, if you watch the video, and I would I would recommend that you do watch the video. You can link to it there at the uh, UFO Warning Twitter account, uh, the Quest TV uh, little documentary there, and they kind of segue into saying that there's a theory now that there are huge uh, blobs or masses of basically of, of a carbon-based material that just kind of migrate migrate through uh, deep space, and that these things might um, they might cover miles and miles. I mean, you know, maybe light years. Who knows? But apparently, scientists are, and they say that it has kind of a uh, greasy texture to it. I suppose it's almost like. Um, almost like a crude oil or something, the way they describe it, and that they're, they're beginning to believe that what they thought were vast opens, open areas of outer space actually contain um, the space slime, basically. It's a carbon-based slime, and some scientists think that it could be alive, at least on the uh, molecular level. Now, how they... Um, have come to that conclusion, I don't know. But this notion that there's these these uh, large, vast, basically clouds or lakes of uh, carbon-based slime taking up huge areas in outer space and that every so often maybe our planet passes through one of these areas and we end up with this slime in our own environment doesn't seem like it would be that far from the truth. I think this whole thing just points to uh, how vast and open outer space is, and how little we actually understand about it. Not only are could, is it possible that there would be other alien life forms or uh, non-human life forms that would be coming into contact with our planet, but possibly just some sort of a basic life form like this outer space slime that's been there for millions of years that could possibly uh, enter our planetary system. That brings up a lot of questions to it. You know, it, what happens if one of these things actually, you know, against all odds is alive and it contains some sort of virus that might make the COVID virus uh, look like the common cold? All in all, I thought the articles were very interesting. There's also one in there about smart slime, about how certain types of molds and slimes uh, have innate intelligence to make decisions about where to go to eat, this and that. These, these little single-cell amoebas, it's really fascinating. It's... It's particularly interesting when we look at this stuff and we see that no matter what level of life that we are analyzing on Earth, whether it's the simplest you know, single-cell life forms or humankind, you can see the innate design that was involved in creating this stuff. And whether this stuff comes from outer space or from our own planet, you can still see the design that's contained with, with, within the organism itself. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.